0: Episode 44 Field Research Special The Card Game Spades. I uh I took a long lunch, you know? What are you gonna do? You know, I forgot the clock out. Took a long lunch. W'e are gonna write me up? It's alright. What are you doing? We're here. It's been a while since I talked to you. How you been, man? Yeah? You know? I uh I learned the card game spades, which is uh which is what this episode is gonna be about. It's unlike any other card game I know. I only really know the one card game. I fucking I learned how to play like Texas Hold'em when I was in high school, which is way different than Spades. It is way different. Uh, but yeah, I took a. You can probably hear it in my voice. Like I, I, I'm having a hard time not smiling. Like I'm in a I'm in a pretty great mood, dude. I needed. I was gonna take a week off and then. Uh, And then I was like, I'm taking more time. I'm gonna take more time off. And then I got a tip off from like, uh, like a brother, uh, I don't know, a buddy or whatever, that uh, there was like a thing that you can go. I took a bunch of like mental health seminars about like goal setting and a bunch of other shit. That was really useful. It was super useful. It was over the course of a week. And I'm only, I'm only telling you guys that, and like, because that's where I learned how to play spades. That like at. And in the in-between time of these, like, classes or whatever is when card games of spades broke out. And that was when I started learning it. And, it, dude, I got it. Oh, man. I'm really excited for this episode. It's the first one, field research, where I learned something new. Uh, it is, it is going to be a little bit difficult to describe the mechanics of a card game if you've never played cards before. If you know what a deck of cards is, it's got 52 cards in it. There's four different suits, diamonds, clubs, hearts, and spades. The game I'm going to be describing is the card game Spades. And I learned it on the in-between taking a bunch of, like, uh, you, know, uh, how's, you know, goal setting and stuff like that seminars with the same with the same group because it was over the course of, like, a week. So, like, on the downtime, it was all the same people. And I will be using first names in this, but I asked all of them if, like, I could use the first names, and that's fine. So it's going to be great. And this is where I learned it from, like, three different experts. We're going to cover the basics of the card game Spades where it came from and uh and how to play it. Also like if you don't understand how to play the card game Spades after this, I'm not going to call that a failure. Because really like what this episode's about is like the I I don't really just like the like the learning process that I went through to 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 understand how to play the card game Spades and how fucking fun that was. Like I don't I don't like to I I, I don't like pat myself on the back too much or whatever, but I don't think I realized over the course of like, the last nine months of doing this electronic book report podcast, like, I have like, made myself naturally like a more curious person. And so when there was an opportunity to learn like a live-action game that I never played before, even though I was like super anxious about looking like a fucking idiot, because I, I did. I didn't have any idea what was going on. But with the different, the different people who, who taught me how to play spades, and they were all different experts with different teaching styles, man, it was fucking fun. It was, it was so fun, man. And now, I mean, I downloaded on my, on my phone and like that's a little bit different. And we're not going to talk about the scoring of spades as much because when I played spades and when I learned it, I learned ace down spades, which is also called like prison spades. Also, I was not in prison. Just going to throw that out there, but I did learn the card game spades from people who have been in prison. And this was the type of, type of spades I played. Now. I started off playing like a more amateur version. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into how I played or whatever, but let's just get a little bit of background. And also like, yo, how are you doing? How have you been? I'm glad. I'm, I'm happy to talk to you again. So look, I took a long lunch again. You know, these things happen, but it was good for me, man. I'm, uh, I'm in a pretty great mood. I'm going to go camping with a buddy this weekend. I think I'm going to get a dog. We're making all sorts of, look, I know that it's going to get cold soon. And, like, this pandemic still isn't fixed. It's still, everything's still kind of fucked up. So, like, I had, like, I, you got to make some plans. Like, when I started the podcast, when I started doing this, I wrote down, like, a bunch of different things. I had, like, a topic list and, like, a bunch of things I wanted to do and shit. But, like, we're way past, I'm way past that. I'm It's, like, nine months. I've been doing fucking nine months. It's like, all right, well, what are we doing now? So, I just needed some time to fucking, to figure some shit out. So, I appreciate you sticking with me if you're still here. Now, hopefully you like this episode. Again, don't feel bad if you can't, if you don't feel confident in being able to know how to play Spades after this. But it's a fucking really fun game. And I, I don't know. I hope, I hope I can play it sometime in the future in real life. But again, like with COVID and all that, like you can't hang out with people or whatever. But it's a fun as fuck game, dude. And I learned it in maybe the, like a, in a really fun setting for me. And I don't really know why it was so fun. It was, maybe it's got like, I'm, I might be like star for social interaction. Cause it was with like a bunch of new people. And all of them had different personalities, and, like, I don't know, over the course of, like, uh, doing this shit, it was kind of like American Ninja Warrior making friends a little bit, where, like, I I, kind of saw that as, like, man, there's all these, like, new people, and I can, like, meet them and shit. And then, like, yeah, we do have to, like, you know, do, do like, learn about stuff. You know, the, the, you're here to, like, learn about, like, the, like, the, you know, goal setting and all this other shit. Like, that definitely, and I don't mean to downplay that. I did get a lot out of that. But also, on the in-between downtime, I was like, yo, can I please learn Spades some more? Can anybody want to play Spades? Like, after the first, after the first session of learning, it, I was like, yo, I have got to come away knowing this shit. It is cool as fuck, and I feel like. Even after the first session where I didn't really know what, like, a, like an expert-level game would look like, it just seemed like it was so much fun with the amount of action and shit in the game itself. So, anyway, we're doing episode 44, field research special, baby, Spades. Alright, so quick background on Spades. Alright, so, this game is played with a standard 52-card deck. Again, if you don't play cards... Sorry, this, this episode is probably not for you, if you don't understand, like, cards or anything like that. But anyway, so standard deck of cards, 52 cards, right? So, the game Spades was invented in the 1930s, which is relatively recent. In my, I just feel like all card games were, were invented when, like, people were riding horses with suits of armors on. But, like, nah, dude, this was invented in the 1930s, and it's similar to the card game Bridge. I don't know if you play Bridge. Nobody I know plays Bridge, but it just said that it's similar to the card game Bridge. So, okay. So, Spades... Invented in the 30s, and then it blew up and became popular during World War II. Are you, are you, it feels like somebody made this game up for me to like it. It feels like somebody invented this as a custom thing that like I would be predisposed to really want to learn a lot about. It fucking blew up during World War II. And there's a couple reasons for that. Now, Enlisted Men love the game for a few reasons. One, the game mechanics of Spade's are simpler than bridge, so guys could teach new players quickly, and get games going in a few days, even if they were like, even if nobody in your unit knew how to play, you could teach the rules to a guy, and get a, and get a game going pretty quickly at speed, even if nobody knew how to play, and this is pretty much what the fuck happened to me during the downtime in between these seminars, I came in as total fucking know-nothing, all I know is Texas Hold'em, and even those game mechanics are like, I don't really know what the fuck I'm doing, I'm pretty. If I ever play, like I play with buddies every now and then, but we don't really play that often. And when we do, it's like a super laid back game where like maybe one hand every two minutes when we play hold'em together, because it's really just hanging out and talking shit. And like it's a it's a friendly, friendly, friendly game. Like if you raise pre pre flop and like then that game, it's kind of like. Somebody'd be like, whoa, what the fuck? Like a little, like you can do it. But it's like, it's just like a friendly game. We're seeing what's happening. We're seeing how the cars go out. It's a much slower paced game, but it's a lot of fun because you're hanging out with people. So I, I mean, I like playing that. But this was a different type of game, dude. So another reason that enlisted GIs in World War II liked the game Spades is that it was a better fit for soldiers on the front lines because it's a super easy game to interrupt quickly, pause. And then you can come right back to it as opposed to like poker. If you were playing poker on the front lines with your boys and your enlisted guy in the World War II and a battle breaks out, like you got to stop and like go fight, right? But you can't stop and go fight right away because you got to count out chips. You got to remember who's playing what, all this other shit. There's like a bunch of mechanics to poker that you can't really just get up and go fucking fight. You got to be able to like stop that game and count out. With spades, you can just stop. You just stop. You fucking keep your cards. Just stop. Put your cards in your pocket. Go fight. Hopefully, everybody comes back. You know, we're alright. Pick the game right the fuck back up. You know? For those two reasons, that's why Spades blew up during World War II. Now, modern day, Spades is super popular around a bunch of different groups of people. Dudes in the military play it. It's super popular in boarding schools, apparently, like, because it's similar to bridge, like, uh, card clubs with, like, like, elderly people play it. Also, it is fucking huge in the penitentiary system. Now, And the three people who taught me spades learned the craft from the penitentiary system. So, like, played under pressure, learned under pressure, expert-level players. I can't tell you how fucking lucky I was. Like, at a certain point in time, by the second session, I was like, this is, like, high, high high-level instruction of a pretty fun card game. Like, I got to ask as many questions as I can because I don't know if I'll ever have the opportunity to learn this quickly in this environment with these kind of people who I'll be able to just fire fucking questions at. And they're able to keep playing the game and also completely answer my questions thoroughly and didn't make me feel stupid at all. Like, sometimes I'll ask questions when I'm trying to learn things. This has happened when I'm trying to, like, learn other things in the past where I'll ask questions that are, like, they're legit questions, but I shouldn't be asking them for the level I was at. And for that reason, sometimes you'll catch like a side eye or something from the person who's teaching you something where it's like, ah, you don't really need to know that yet. Or sometimes this one time, like I remember I asked a question in that situation and the guy teaching me shit was like, all right, that's a good question, but that's, you're not going to have to know that for like three years. But I like that you're thinking like that in this situation where I was learning spades, there was no such thing as a dumb question. Because everybody just wants to get everybody up to speed playing spades as quickly as possible. Because we only, when spades first broke out, there was only one expert spades player. I was brand new. This other girl Mel was brand new. And then there was an older woman named Rose, who I think she sneakily knew what exactly what the fuck she was doing. I still can't get a read on whether Rose knew the game or not, or maybe she was using like bridge, like bridge knowledge if she played bridge in real life. I don't really know. But Rose could play a little bit, but me and Mel were brand new. And then we had the one expert for the first session. So I already covered, like, in between the downtime of these seminars where Spades game started breaking out, right? So the first expert I learned from, right? So the first game, it was me, that uh, this girl Mel, who was brand new. And I liked Mel almost immediately. Like, I, cause I again, it was like American Ninja Warrior friendship or whatever because I knew if we were going to do these, like, seminars or whatever, I got to meet these people and feel comfortable because some of these topics being covered, like – Like, I'm going to talk about in a second, in a little bit, where, like, there was (laughs) was one fucking class on self-love, and I was like, oh, dude, I fucking suck at this one. (laughs) Oh, no. But I had a feeling that that kind of stuff might have to happen, and I may have to talk out loud in front of these people. So when I was meeting them all, it's like, all right, immediately, even if we're not going to be friends' friends, I got to, like, at least talk to you a little bit, just in case I have to say some shit or whatever else. I just want to make myself feel as comfortable as possible, not just for learning spades, but for also, like, the other shit we're trying to learn here, just if I can just have conversation with you, and know that you're cool or whatever, just from, like, a a neutral standpoint, that'll be the way I can get the most out of of both avenues of this place, where I'm just like, all right, well, learn this shit, and also, I'm learning spades, I just want to be comfortable with people, It's just how I am, where, like, I'll learn better if I'm comfortable, I think everybody's like that, but anyway, so, when I first met Mal, she was cool as fuck, and she reminded me of, like, an ex-girlfriend from a long time ago, his older sister, just, like, the way she was or whatever, and so, like, almost immediately, I was like, nice, so the first game was me mel that uh lady rose who i don't know if she was good or not i still to this day i have no idea if she's good or not but i i did like her i made friends with her like uh and i saw her real laugh one time when, when rose laughs big she shows her teeth i saw it one time it made me so fucking happy to see and then the first expert instructor was a chick named jen now jen was hilarious i fucking i like jen almost like the first time i fucking met her <laughs> it's like there's something that we're all supposed to be doing and then like and, like, the, the air conditioning in the room was just, like, it was cranking, dude. It was cold as fuck. <laughs> and like, in the middle of, like, some sort of seminar about something, Jen just gets up and starts trying to break into the air conditioning unit with, like, her little hands, her little, like, like uh, I don't know, like, goblin hands. Like, they were moving so fucking fast, and she just didn't, didn't, like, address what was happening at all. She was just like, I'm breaking into this fucking thing. She starts breaking into the AC. It didn't work. She folds up paper, and into like, I don't know, like some sort of like tool, like you'd see, <laughs> like you'd see early man do. She immediately, if the hands didn't work, she folded the paper up into like some sort of wedge fucking device and kept trying to break into the AC unit. And meanwhile, like everybody's just fucking sitting there, and like <laughs> people look at and she like looks up. She's like, "It's fucking cold in here. I'm fucking freezing, dude." It was, I was fucking dying, dude. I like Jen almost immediately, right? So she was the first expert that I played. That taught me the basic mechanics of spades, right? Oh, my God. She was trying to break into that thing. Fucking, I could still see it's so far. It's just small hands just going, just, <laughs> just going. People look, she's like, fuck, dude, she's cold, right? So, Jen was an expert and most likely learned how to play from whatever kind of time. I don't want to try to, you know, she learned how to play how she learned how to play, you know? So, this is my first game in session, right? It was a great learning environment. Jen's a fucking expert teacher, right? And I also felt comfortable to ask questions because like I, you know, I'd like laughed and like talked to Jen or whatever. And it was like a slow pace because Spades is a game. You're meant to play it fast, 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 fast and quiet like a high level Spades game. I found out it's fast as fuck and there's no table talk. There's no table talk. And at a high level game, table talk is actually penalized where you'll lose three, I haven't even explained the scoring yet, but you will be penalized for table talk at a high-level game. So this is a shut-the-fuck-up game if you're playing for real, but that wasn't what we were doing. This is like a tutorial game where Jen found out that me and Mel and Rose wanted to learn how to play, so she's like, oh, great, let's get it done. So this is my first game. Mel's completely new like me. We don't know if Rose is good or not, but we're all just learning. It's a great learning environment for me, and I was excited to learn this shit. It sounded like something, it's just... I, and I don't know if it's because of podcast, because I'm more naturally curious now or whatever, but I was just like, this is like a fun fucking thing that I can learn. And if I can learn, this, this is a legit skill. I'm dealing with an expert right now. I'm allowed to ask her questions. Let's see if I can figure this shit out. How fun this is this going to be? Right. So the very basic rules of spades. And this is what I came away with from the first session. All right. So and I'm, I'm not going to talk about scoring. Right? So, scoring of spades, like, if you download it on your phone and you play spades, there's a whole thing where you have to bet. It's called bags. I'll go over it at the very end, but that's not how we played. We played ace down spades, where it's like, no, actually, the first game, nah, it's too complicated. I'll, I'll do it at the end. I really have to balance, like, how complicated I try to explain this shit versus, like, the thoroughness of how much I explain spades. If you are an expert spades player and you are listening to this, you will be disappointed with the amount of shit I miss. Because I had to try to figure out how am I trying to package this in an audio form so that somebody who's listening to it might understand what the fuck I'm talking about. Aside from, like, talking about all these, like, people I met and how fucking nice that was and, like, how much, (laughs) like, made me laugh and shit. To try to, if you're an actual Spades expert and you're listening to this, I'm just telling you right now, you're going to be disappointed with all the shit I leave out. I know I'm leaving a bunch of shit out, especially about scoring, especially about high-level strategy or any level strategy. I just want to talk about the basic mechanics of the game so I can talk about what's going on, you know? Also, if you're very good at spades, I respect that tremendously. Holy shit, is this game fun, dude. I hope you play it a lot, dude. Holy fuck, is this fun. All right. So, gameplay rules. Just gameplay rules. Not talking about scoring. So, the way this works... The way a game of spades starts, one player deals the entire deck of 52 cards out evenly. So at the beginning of a game of spades, each player, and there's four of them, there's four, it's a four-player game that we're talking about here, is going to end up with 13 cards. Just right there, when I started playing, I didn't even know how the fuck to hold 13 cards. I was like, do I two-hand this? How am I even like out the gate I was overwhelmed with the mechanics of this game. I was like, all right, I'm going to try to hold it like two fans like they're made out of I don't know, two beautiful fans from Epcot. <laughs> How am I fucking holding this shit? That's a lot of cards to hold. Again, I had only played Texas Hold'em before, and you don't even really hold I think I don't I guess some people hold their cards in that game, but like mostly you just leave them on the table and you look at them once and then you fucking remember what you have. Spades, you got 13 cards in your hands, right? So one player deals out the entire deck evenly. All four of the players get 13 cards. Now the player to the left of the dealer starts the action by choosing a card and placing it in the center of the table face up. By the way, you're playing at a four top here. So the player to the left of the dealer starts the action by choosing a card, placing it in the center of the table face up. That sets the action. Then from there, in a clockwise direction... Each player chooses and plays a card. That card must be the same suit as the first card that the first guy put down. So either diamonds, hearts, or clubs, right? If a player cannot play that suit, they have two options. One, they can play any card. That's not a spade. This is called throwing off, where you're just going to put a fucking rag card out there because you don't have the actual suit that's out there. And you don't have any spades, hypothetically. So you're just going to throw out a rag card. It's called throwing off. You don't have You just play any fucking card. It's not, I mean, and that, that more or less forfeits your chance to be able to win that round of spades. Or you can play a spade, which we'll get to in a second. Now, after each player plays a card, the hand is over, and the player who played the highest card of that initial suit wins. They don't win the whole game, but they win that round. Now, the player who wins then collects those four cards as a marker of that one round win, and that marker is referred to as a book. Now, once I found out that, like, if you win and you collect those four cards, then you keep it and it's called a book, how quickly do you think I made a shitty dad joke about a library? When I won, like, more than, like, three books, I was like, ho-ho-ho, who's over here with the library? Yo, I suck, dude. All right, anyway. So, after all the cards are played in this fashion, the books are then counted, and the team with the most books wins. This is just very basic scoring here. Aside from having the highest card of a specific suit, a player can also win the book, which is the all four cards round, by using a spade. Now, if you don't have the suit that's being played, but you do have a spade, and then you choose to play the spade, that's called a cut. And unless somebody else plays a higher spade after you cut, you will win that book. So spades in the game of spades are crazy fucking valuable. They're trump cards. And they they go in order. That's ace down. So the ace of spades is the highest card possible in spades unless you're using jokers or you have special rules, which we did play with, but I'm not going to talk about, we're just doing ace down spades, so in the game of spades, the suit of spades, if you get your 13 cards dealt to you, and you have like six or seven spades, dude, that is a hand and a half, especially if you got like an ace of clubs or something else, that is a fucking heater of a hand, and if you know what you're doing, you know how to play, you can mop up that fucking game, again, I'm playing, I played for like a week, I'm over, you know how excited I get, you hear know how excited I am for this game, I'm just playing it on my phone now. I have no idea when's the next time I'm going to play live spades. But the process of learning this in the environment I learned and from the experts I learned from was so exciting to me. I had to do a field research, dude. It's fucking great. All right. So at the end of a, uh, like a game of spades, there'll be a total of 13 books, which means 13 markers, because that's how many times you go around, because everybody has 13 cards. So the final score could be something like 8 to 5, 7 to 6. Nine to four, depending on how the hands are played. Notice I only said two numbers there, because the game of spades is played in pairs. That's why they said it was similar to bridge, I believe. So, like, if we're playing spades at a four top, and you and me are on a team, you're going to be sat across from me, and then the other team that we're playing is going to be sat across from each other the other way. Spades is always played in teams at two and that's why the final score for the 13 books would be something like 8 to 5, 7 to 6, 9 to 4 because it doesn't matter whether me or my partner win the book, that goes towards our score. It's a team game and teamwork is a huge part of it. We'll get to that in a second. I learned that in the second session when another dude showed up and that was a dude I learned most of this shit from. So, these are the very basic rules of spades. I hope you got some of it. If you didn't get some of it, Download it on your phone and play. Or I mean, and honestly, if you learn how to play spades and you see me somewhere, and I have a spades partner or not, I will jump in on a game of spades. I mean, how, how fucking fun! I would have. To, I mean, honestly, people play spades like seriously too. And I can't sit at a real game and play. I can't sit at a high-level game right now with no table talk and play. I will embarrass myself for a number of different reasons. I just don't. I, I understand the basic mechanics of it. And a little bit of strategy, but I'm still a total newbie at this shit. Like, the people that I've played, like, Jen was excellent. When Jen Jen would deal out the cards, like, there's little... Like, if you watch anybody who's an expert at anything, do, do, do what they're great at. You can see, like, little things that, like, you can't even try to do. Like, the way Jen's small hands that were used for, like, breaking into that AC unit and shit. The way that her small hands would move in little staccato movements. Just that little bit, like... She didn't need to say she was, like, incredible at spades. Just the way she moved and manipulated the cards with her small fucking hands was so intimidating, but, like, fun... Like, intimidating if it was a real game, but just fun to see and help, like, make me more enthusiastic to learn more about the game because I was exposed to, like, oh, there's definitely higher levels to this, huh? Man, I bet that would be fun to be that good, right? Just little stuff like that. It was an excellent learning environment for me, but after the first game... It was like a slow speed, but I feel like I had like a little bit of grip on the mechanics. It wasn't so bad, right? So, second game. Now, a new player and uh, a new dude showed up. And this dude was like, this dude, this guy. I learned the most out of this guy, right? This guy showed up and his name was Brandon, And he was outgoing and he's been playing spades since he was fucking 12 years old. That's one of the first things I learned about him. And, like, I was nervous to jump in on this game. I don't know why, because I felt like there was going to be some expectation for me to be good at this point in time, which is bizarre, because the first thing out of my mouth was like, hello, I've played this for, like, an hour and a half. I really want to learn more. I suck. It was, like, the first thing, just a qualifier out the gate of, like, hello, you are really going to have to slow down, because I suck, but I'd like to play. And it was fine. It turns out, dude, Brennan was, like, one of the nicest fucking people. Now he was excellent. He's been playing since he was twelve years old, but he would—he was like so open to questions. And so it was like uh, it was me, Mel, Jen, and and Brendan was the the second game set. So I was sitting with two different experts, not just Jen, but now Brendan, and both of them were open for me to be able to ask questions for. Because they both know that me and Mel are brand new and we're just trying to get up to speed. And they're incentivized to try to get us up to speed. Because the faster you can get us up to speed, the more serious a game we can play in this context. The same way in World War II, you'd want to, like, teach guys as quickly as possible. You want to be generous with the knowledge so that they can play spades against you competitively as quickly as possible. It was a great learning environment, man. So for the second one, so for the second session, right? I was nervous because I knew I sucked, but I did want to play, right? And it, I, I'm telling you, both Brennan and Jem were excited to answer questions. It was it was so much fun. And again, the, the game was still slow speed. But this is where I learned that uh, like a serious spades game, there's no fucking table talk. If there's table talk, there's a penalty of three books. That's what it was said. is generally set at three books. And as we've already covered, books represent rounds one, right? Even if you didn't remember that. I don't know why I'm trying to teach like I'm actually giving a lecture right now. I don't know. Remember when what, remember what I told you I made that library joke? Fucking sucked. It bombed. It was terrible. You just had nothing to do but look down at my fucking 13 cards that I can't really hold correctly after I said that library joke. Man, that was rough, right? So, second session. This is where I got, like, more of a glimpse. Not just watching people's hands move more efficiently to, like glimpse that there's like higher levels to this game dude i would learn i would go on to learn like brendan is good at this game in a way that like i didn't even understand and then i would find out that jen is also good at this game in that way but i didn't expect it because i was just too busy trying to learn and not look like an asshole and concentrate on myself but when i had the mechanics down i was free to answer or ask more questions all right so this is also where i learned that the that the there's a title if you're good enough at spades if you're, like, excellent at spades, and you've also played in prison, you can carry the title of prison good. Now, you can get as good as you want outside. But if you've never been in prison, you can be, like, an incredible spades player. But then you do not get the the title of prison good unless you've actually played in prison. Or at least that's how it was explained to me. Which I thought was pretty interesting, to be honest with you. So, and, like, Brendan was not—Brendan was excellent, but he wasn't prison good because he'd never been to prison. Jen, anyway— So, second game, the way I found out that there were higher levels to spades that were just baffling to me that both Jen and Brendan could do is that as the game was going on, there's only 52 cards being played, right? And meanwhile, I'm over here trying to hold them, trying to one-hand it. I don't know. At this point, I was trying to one-hand it nice. Oh, this is another thing I skipped off. When you get dealt 13 cards in spades, and the whole game is predicated upon, like, higher cards being able to win books – and higher spades being able to win books. So when you get dealt 13 cards, the first thing every player does is organize their 13 cards in order of suit. And also from like, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, Jack, Queen, King, you have to do it like you have to organize them both by suit and by high to low. How long do you think that took me? I still can't do that efficiently. (laughs) I've been like, I've been dealing myself spades hands and then trying to figure out, I've been like watching YouTube tutorials and like, how do you do this because jen and and the other guys i played with that were experts they all had a way to do it but it was so quick that i couldn't notice the hand mechanics of how they're doing it so when i would sort my 13 cards i would make little piles in front of me which i was told is not embarrassing if you're a beginner but it felt like i was an asshole being like and here's a club over here and then this is the diamonds pile yep and then I realized that, like, oh, everybody, like, if this is a real game, you can't sort in piles because then somebody could just watch you fucking sort your piles. And then you know how many, how many cards of each suit. Now, you don't know which suit it is, but that would give them information regarding what you're going to play in the future, which also leads me into this next level, of high-level fucking play I learned about from Brendan and Jen because there's only 52 cards being played at all times, four players, 52 cards, and everybody sees what cards get played. Dude, listen to this. So the same way that people can count cards in blackjack, a high-level player can keep a live count in their fucking head of what's been played by who, and then using that information and what the cards they're holding, they can just really easily compute what's left to be played and make an educated guess on what every other, even their own teammate is holding. Like... Halfway through the game, I found out that, like, both Jen and Brendan knew pretty much what the other two people were holding and what the other person was holding just by being able to keep a live count of cards. That's how high level they were, man. Also, Brendan was answering – they were both answering questions about me, like, okay, so how do you – what is called a book? And then they were giving, like, a detailed explanation of what my idiot question was while they were keeping a live count of the actual game that was going on, dude. I had no idea I was that, that you could even be, that skill disparity could even exist, dude, which is why I'm happy that, like, I decided after the first game that, like, and this is, this is dorky, but, like, if you listen to episode two about Clever Hans, about that horse where, like, your best bet in most situations where you don't really know what's going on or who has what or what's going on, your best play is to just play it straight because you don't know who has eyes for what you're doing more than you do. Like, the, it, to try to be slick in a situation like this or when you're trying to learn anything new, because I did that episode on the fucking horse that beat a bunch of sixth graders at, like, the, the 1904 Olympics, I thought about that and I was like, I'm just going to be totally wide open and ask a bunch of questions because I got to try to at least, like, nail down the mechanics because I want to be able to learn this. A hundred percent, it's because I fucking did that episode on that horse that could, like, pick a quarter out of a jar. I don't even know what the other bits were. That was crazy to me to actually like have that play back into my head. And like it really helped me learn quickly because I didn't I wasn't even trying to be anything. I was just trying to learn and understand what's going on. And that was the best mindset to go into to utilize these two experts that I had to learn this new card game. man. also, aside from learning that high level players pretty much know what you're holding about halfway through the game or maybe even a little earlier, depending on their skill level. I also learned in the second session that you never cut your partner. Now, what that means is as we went over, like everybody puts down like the first guy plays a card of a suit and then everybody goes around and either plays the same suit or they throw off and they play a rag because they can't play it and they don't have any spades or they throw a spade down to cut and win the book, right? Well, it's a team game. So me and the guy across from me are on the same team. So if the guy across from me, cuts the deck or plays a high card that I know he's going to win the book, you never cut your partner. You never try to win a book off of your partner when he's already going to win that book because it doesn't fucking matter. You're on the same team. Your team is going to get that book. And all that does is waste another high card That if you were going to count like both your hand and your partner's hand, you only have so many high cards, trump cards that you're going to be able to win books with. Why would you go and fight your partner for a book? That's why you never cut your partner. It's a it's apparently a rookie mistake, an amateur mistake. Of course, I learned this after fucking definitely doing it like a like a bunch of times but it really sunk in and that was like the next level of understanding spade so i was i was beyond just the basic mechanics of watching it work and at this point in time i was learning like the very basics of team strategy which is like don't cut your partner try to see what el- what other people throw out and keep in your head what has already been thrown out cuz like if you start your hand with 13 cards and let's say you don't have you don't have any aces but you have like the king of clubs and the king of hearts right And then you see somebody play the ace of clubs, right? And you don't win that book. Your team doesn't win that book. You know holding the king of clubs that that is the highest club out there. So if you get an opportunity to play that king of clubs, you know that that's the highest card of that suit out there. And you'll win the book unless you get cut by a spade. So in that situation, if you had like a a king of clubs and you saw the ace of clubs already get paid or played and it's early in the game, in my opinion, now everybody's different. I'm trying to play that king of clubs as soon as fucking possible before any of the other players run out of clubs because then they can cut my king of clubs with a spade and then I won't be able to use that king of clubs to win a book. And I'm trying to win a book with that fucking king of clubs. You know what I'm saying? So you play the king of clubs as early as you can after you see the ace get out. Now that's like that's like strategy for... I mean, that's if, you, if this is too complicated and I lost you like 15 minutes ago, I totally apologize. But that's just like basic – that's basic, basic spade strategy. And when I say that, I didn't pick that up until I played it on my phone for like, I don't know, two hours. I hope they're not logging how long I'm playing spades on my phone because I am putting in some fucking hours on that spades app. I'll tell you that right now. Anyway, so I, so never cut your partner. It's a team game. If he's going to win the book, you let him win the book. And the only time you cut him is if you have to cut him, if the game mechanics dictate that the only card you can play, like if you have the the ace of spades and he plays the king of spades, but it's the last hand, well, you got to play the king of spades or I'm sorry, uh, the ace of spades. So then you cut your partner, but that's the last book and there's nothing you can do about it. Game mechanics dictated that. But if you have the option, don't cut your partner, throw off, throw a fucking rag out there and let him take the book down because it's a team score. It doesn't matter who won the book. It's for your fucking team. Also, oh yeah, I, I call I cover the blackjack thing. These notes, I kind of I tried to structure this out as best I can because I knew how excited I would be to talk about this from learning spades because I'm I'm really into it. He answered the questions while he was keeping the live count, dude. That I mean. I, that was such a revelation that, like, both Jen and Brennan, it wasn't like they were lying to me. It was just, like, one of those revelations where you're like, holy shit, dude, I am not playing the game on anywhere near close to this level. I thought I was getting okay because I understood it. You guys you guys are, like, psychic, you know, what I have, oh, fuck. And then a couple of times they were like, yeah, you're holding this, 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 and you either have the queen or she has the queen. And you're just, like, you just reveal and you're like, wow, dude, I am, uh, I am over my head here. <laughs> I am glad we are not playing this for money or cigarettes. I'll tell you that right now because I would be fucked so that was the end of the second session now again i was learning spades in an environment where like i was also taking mental health seminars and stuff trying to learn like set goals and shit so i gotta tell you guys this story so there was like a there was like a a seminar on on fucking (laughs) self-love right so i'm taking this i'm taking this seminar right and so and it's small it's only it's, it's only like fucking five people we're like at a big table in a room there's like one dude leading the seminar on self love, right? So I'm sitting at a table. To my left is this Islamic lady who was awesome, dude. Love this girl. She's like from Calcutta or something. I'm going to call her Ree. That was, like, her name, Ray. Really. So, like, I remember I was talking to her, and I, like, made friends with her where I talked about, like, uh, I asked her about the Hajj and, like, you know, has she gone to Mecca yet? And she she explained to me that, like, a lot of the time, like, is, like uh, Islamic people wait until their kids are, like, out of college to be able to go do the Hajj and go to Mecca just because it's more financially responsible. Dude, totally love this lady. Also, she didn't speak English great, but she, speak, she spoke English fucking fine. Who gives a shit, right? So, we're in this class about self-love that I don't want to be in. This is... This is the one I'm not going to be good at. I don't want to talk about it, but I'm here. We're doing this. We're trying to learn, right? So to my immediate left is Ree. To my immediate right is uh, the girl Mel, who I was learning uh, I was learning spades with, right? And then the the teachers on the other side of Ree, right? We're at a table, and then there's cabinets behind Mel, right? So like, there's already like inherent tension in the situation because like all I want to like I really just wish we were playing spades at this point in time, but apparently we got to talk about self-love. <laughs> so, I'm fucking sitting here and just trying to, like, just look down and just not, I'm not trying to get it going. There ain't of conversation in this class, okay? I, this is not, this is definitely a weak point for me. I've got a whole lot to add here. I'm <laughs> just looking down, just trying to coast on this one, right? <laughs> so, but the cabinets were behind, and they were unfinished cabinets. It looked like somebody was building them. And lo and behold, dude, this fucking, there's like a, uh, like a carpenter, like a handyman. I don't know what was going on here. He comes in, he's got a tool belt on, right? He's got a fucking, he's got a a screw gun, a drill, a bunch of shit. He's going to work on the cabinets while there's, like, a class about self-love going on here, right? So, I'm chilling. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just watch this guy work. That'll be cool to, like, see a dude work on something, kind of listen, whatever else, right? So, I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, just nervous to be there to begin with, and this, like, carpenter handyman starts like <sighs> like he starts fucking up <laughs> like i don't know who hired this guy and i'm not i don't i'm not trying to say anything about again i'm not a contractor i don't know how i don't know how long it was supposed to take to like finish putting together like two small cabinets i don't fucking know i've never done it so i'm not i'm not trying to criticize too much but i was sitting here <laughs> in a class about self-love and this carpenter handyman comes in starts working on these fucking cabinets behind Mel. And like, I didn't even really notice what was going on at first. But like, if you've ever, if you ever worked on anything, ever put like a, a, a screw into wood, you know that like when you hold that screw gun onto that screw and it goes in, you hear like, and then if you leave the screw gun on the screw too long, you'll bury that screw and it sounds different. It sounds like. Go go which is, like, an amateur mistake. Like, you shouldn't be burying that fucking screw. Like, what are you doing? In my opinion. Now, I'm not a contractor. Maybe this is a thing contractors are supposed to do, but I'm pretty sure you're not, right? So I'm sitting here in this fucking class about self-love, and then this handyman comes in, and he's, I, I just hear, just, I didn't even catch it, but I I heard, like, go, 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 go That's fun. And then I pick up what's going on because he does it like two or three more fucking times where it's like, and nobody's acknowledging this is happening. And I am watching a guy be bad at his job and loud during some class and nobody else is acknowledging this. And you ever been in a situation where you're absolutely not allowed to laugh? You're not allowed to laugh. First of all, I don't want to be disrespectful to the class that's going on or anything. And also, my whole strategy right now is just be invisible. I can't laugh right now at this dude fucking his job up because I don't want to get noticed. And there's no way I can explain this. There's no, And I can't believe nobody else is looking at this fucking guy bury these screws. <laughs> dude, it's so loud. It's so, and go, 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 go. I'm fucking, I'm shaking. I'm, I'm biting the inside of my lip. I'm pinching my fucking leg. (laughs) I'm like, just trying to look down and think about the Pledge of Allegiance just to think about anything, but how bad this guy is. I was like, I was having thoughts like, who fucking gave this guy a tool belt? Holy shit. He was fucking up screws for like 20 minutes, dude. I was shaking, trying not to laugh. Just anything, not to laugh. Cause so I don't want to be noticed. I just want this to be over. I, I looked over at like Mel, that girl Mel's like le- like uh her left earlobe. I remember looking at her earlobe. Cause so I've done that before in a in a, uh, a situation where you can't you can't laugh. You just look at like somebody's earlobe. <laughs> you just think about anything else. And I fucking I was looking at her earlobe, and then she caught my eyes and saw me like like trying so hard not to laugh. And then she starts trying not to laugh. It was a fucking... And if you ever been in one of those situations where you can't laugh and then somebody else is also in on it that you can't laugh? It's, it becomes impossible. Dude, if somebody would have tapped my shoulder when we were both trying not to laugh at that fucking terrible carpenter, I would have pissed my jeans. I would have fucking pissed my pants, right? But we're getting through it. It's fine. The guy looks like he's done screwing things in. And then he had to put the drawers in the fucking cabinets, right? Now, if you if you know how drawers work, Now, there's a track on either side of a drawer, there's two wheels, it's keyed in, you put it in gently, and then you slide it in to make sure that it slides in correctly. This this fucking guy, it's drawer time. This guy, this guy lines it up like he's teeing up a golf ball, dude, and he fucking starts, like heave hoeing <laughs> these, these drawers don't fit these drawers do not fit I'm already trying not to fucking laugh at this guy he is heave ho he's open palm striking like boss rootin and pancreas trying to fucking smash these cabinets in I'm in a—I'm supposed to be learning about self love I'm fucking die I break hard I'm fucking dying laughing I can't, I can't I don't give a fuck if I gotta talk after this I can't not laugh at this guy from working at a fucking body shop and seeing how funny it is when somebody's bad at their job this dude heave hoeing it, <laughs> just fucking boom, 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 fucking trying to put these cabinets in. I was fucking losing it. Mel started laughing, but I was laughing way harder than her. It was a fucking nightmare. I just, I, the, the guy who was doing the class looked over at me. I couldn't, I just kept saying, I'm sorry. And I did a palm up looking towards this carpenter who <laughs> was a fucking tombstone pile driving these drawers in. I fucking couldn't, I couldn't fucking deal with it, dude. I was trying to tell him it's not you, dude. This guy's just fucking, this guy's fucking being so loud. I, I'm sorry. It was a it was a fucking laugh and a half, dude. And that dude knew he was bad at his job cuz after he got the drawers in fucking totally terribly. Totally te- I tried to pull those drawers out after the guy left. They're fucking terrible drawers. They're stuck in there. Those tracks don't fucking work. That's that's not good. After he got them in He knew that somebody might have been watching him fuck his job up because he did victory arms up in the sky for nobody. Nobody talked to this guy, but he made a he made a cacophony of terrible carpentry sound. And then after he got him in all collywopped, put his arms up like he scored like he's got like a fucking field goals good for nobody with his back to the table. And that's what dude that made me laugh, too, because I was like, this guy, this guy knows that somebody might have been watching him be terrible at his job. I was fucking dying. And then he, he did the thing. He did the thing where you go and get somebody that has nothing to do with those cabinets, or like the guy who hired you to fix those cabinets, and fucking explain the whole job to this person who has no idea what the fuck's going on in great detail, hoping that that person would relay to whoever hired him what a good job he had done to try to bulletproof how poorly those cabinets were put together. Dude, it's still fucking. I knew what he was doing, that's why it made me laugh so hard, I'd seen all this before, I'd fucking done half of it, I'd done half of those tricks before, when you don't know what the fuck you're doing, oh god damn, that carpenter, I could not laugh, I couldn't not laugh, but that was, dude, that wasn't the end of the class though, so we're still, we're still in that self-love shit, or whatever, and going around and gotta talk, and so Rhea is to my immediate left, and then the teacher is, is to her immediate left, right? So the fucking teacher asked some question to Ree about, like, so what do you do when you, uh, like, what's one way you uh, you show yourself, uh, what's one way you have self-love uh, that you take time out to show yourself self-love? And looks over at Ree and I hadn't looked at Ree like, the whole time. I was too busy pissing my pants over this carpenter. I looked to my left where she's at. <laughs> Yo, she's she's all the way asleep she's fucking out (laughs) she slept through that hurricane of fucking terrible carpenter noise. she's asleep like in this guy's fucking face she's out. she's out out. she's rem sleep dreaming about lagoons and seashells she's fucking gone dude she is she is out and that i just got done laughing at the carpenter and now this lady fell asleep in this guy's face and i'm like oh my god oh (laughs) i can't i gotta laugh at this it's fucking terrible so the guy asked her the same question. And I guess he asked it like louder and it woke her up. So I'm watching all this. It's just like a beautiful, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is beautiful? Just like absurd. What am I watching? So she wakes up in this guy's face, looks over at him and then coughs in his <laughs> fucking face. Just coughs in his face. No, <laughs> no words. Just like, just wakes up and you, <clears throat> It's a fucking, and the type of cough where you just woke up cough, where it's like, it's an early, it's a, I just woke up, I was dreaming, but now I'm up now, hold on, let me cough real quick, in that guy's fucking face, oh my god, that was, laughing at that, that that was a harder laugh than the carpenter, and then she did it a second time, he asked the (laughs) the thing again, he fucking, she coughed again, she was (laughs) like, it was like a double cough in that guy's fucking face, oh man. Oh, when I started that thing about self-love or whatever, I did not expect to laugh that hard, but I think because I was kind of nervous going into it that, like, that tension was already set of, like, if anything weird happens, I'm, like, predisposed to laugh hard at it, and, like, two of the funniest fucking things I've seen in years, just that (laughs) that Carpenter Evo and fucking waking up and coughing in some guy's face, it was just... It was just fucking great, man. It was so funny. Anyway, <sighs> fuck. I hope you found that as funny as I did. I had to tell you guys that shit. <laughs> fucking the cough, the early morning. I just woke up, coughing some guy's face. <laughs> he was trying to talk about self love, and she it wasn't. She wasn't trying to be any kind of way about it. It just was what it was. <laughs> she just woke up. She didn't fucking. She didn't fucking know. <laughs> That's what it made so funny. <laughs> anyway, I played. I played two more sessions of spades before I stopped playing live games. Uh, The one more new guy came in. His name was Dean. He was fucking, he was big as shit. He was like intimidating, like physically to me. I was like, oh God, I better fucking, I better know what I'm doing here. I do not want to fuck this game up, dude. He was, he was good at the level or better. uh, I don't really know how to gauge high level players, but he could do the thing where you can count cards live too, like that. And he did it with like a, like a laissez-faire attitude. He didn't have to put much effort into it, which made it even spookier about how much better this guy possibly is than any – I don't even know who, how good he is. He's totally less effective. He's keeping a live count, and he knows exactly what he's doing. And he had hand mechanics to be able to reorganize his hand really swiftly. I, w- I would watch him – watch his hands – maybe this was, like, the first time I could, like, observe somebody playing with style, playing spades with style, because, like, the other two sessions were, like, tutorial sessions where I wasn't really – paying attention to style, and also both expert players were busy trying to teach, so they really couldn't play freely. But by the time this other guy sat down, he could just play a little bit because it was a slow game, but the game mechanics were solid. So the way he, like, moved his hands and the way he specifically dealt the cards out. Like, you got to deal all 52 all fifty-two cards, 13 apiece. And the way I would do it and the way I uh, – I'm trying not to do it anymore. I'm trying to learn how he did it. So like if I had the deal, fifty two cards out. When I had the deal, it was like the the candelabra off of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> when you like have, you have a stack of plates and you're just like one off the top for you and you and you and you and you. It just didn't it didn't feel like gambling. It didn't feel like fun. But the way this the, the the way Dean would do it, he would he would hold the deck in his right in his left hand and he would use his thumb to move the top card off just a smidge to have a corner exposed and then he would pinch that corner with his right hand. Um, with his point of finger and his middle finger and he would catch it in between those two. And then he would flick it out. And just that little detail of how, of how the cards got dealt. There was some, like there was some heavy duty, fun voodoo in that. It's just a huge difference between getting somebody so having somebody give you cards, like like fucking Lumiere or was I got Lumiere from beauty and the beast. And I'd be like, okay, one well, of these plates, let me take a look versus having them flicked at you, dude. Just having – there's just an energy to it. And that was another glimpse at, like, what a high-level game might feel like. It just felt – I don't know. Anyway, so I, I watched his hands when he died, and I tried to learn how to do it. I've been doing it – I've been doing it – I got a deck of cards. I've been trying to, like, flick it out and, like, make it – so, like, next time I – even next time I play Hold'em or something with my friends, like, I'll be able to deal like that. There's, like, a fun energy to being able to do that and not just, you know, giving them off, like, fucking plates. It's just, it's just a fun thing. that he, he played with such style. That was the one thing. And he, he was also open to questions. And at this point in time, so this game was like me, Mel, Brennan, the new guy, uh, the new dude who was playing with style and could flick the cards out real well named Dean. So those two dudes, so Brennan, they had like a shorthand, the two expert players in this game, the way they talked to each other, it it was in like shorthand jargon. And this was another glimpse of like a high level game for me. All this shit just juiced how much I wanted to learn this game and how fun it could be because I heard him. Like high level drawing that I didn't I didn't even pick up because I didn't really even know the terms like books or like your shot or anything like that. By the way, shot if you're not playing with bags, which I'll explain it at the end. Shot is like um if you don't if you don't make board, which is like a scoring thing. So if you don't get like four or five books wherever the game decides, like it's like a minimum level that you and your team have to get. It's called making board. It can be either four or five. If you don't make board, then your team is shot. Which is bad for scoring, and in the tournament setting, if you get shot like two times, then you're fucking out. And the new team comes in. I mean, scoring is is really complicated. And I just wanted to do the game mechanics and also how I learned it. But watching those two high level players talking like shorthand like that, it was like watching like Star Wars jargon that like I didn't understand. But like man, that's fucking fun. It was like if I was like a if I was like a new pod racer, and like this was like my first time like racing. You know, even if I'm I don't even have like a pod to race at this point in time. I'm just like somebody they let hang out around the pod racing thing and, like, the pit crew, and then these are, like, two high-level pod racers who, like, have won multiple races and know exactly what they're doing on the course, wherever the fuck it is, tattooing, I don't really even know Star Wars that much, but that's how I felt watching these two guys talking, like, shorthand jargon about spades, where I was just like, oh, fuck, dude, there's so much more to this, damn, this is fun, so that's what I learned playing with that, dude, I learned style and, like, uh i've not learned style i don't fucking i still can't play with style but i learned like the potential of like playing spades with style because it was my first game like that wasn't just a straight up tutorial setting with they were still table talk on this on this third game but it was a little bit quicker and i I was able to see somebody play with like real style and how they would actually play and again he was relaxed while he did it too which made it even more crazy where it's like oh this dude's not concerned at fucking all huh that's awesome (laughs) right so anyway that was my third session and then uh the last one I played with, there's one new player, uh, 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 a woman, uh, a lady named Z came in and she was fucking good. She was good. And also at this point in time, when she sat with us for this last game, uh, it was me, Brendan, uh, Dean and Z. So me and Brennan were on a team and Dean and Z were on a team. So when, when Z sat down, I was I understood game mechanics enough to at least appear to look like I kind of know what the fuck I'm doing. So you might be able to play a game at like a normal speed. So this was like the fastest game I played. Also, I, I also understood this was happening while it was playing. And it was just Nerve City, dude. I think I like dropped the card when I got my 13. <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, I got to make piles. I tried to sort my hand without making piles. Couldn't do it. I was just like, here comes Pile Town. And it's Chris. He's back. It's time to make piles. You just got to do. You got to clever Hans it. I don't know how to do this. And they were starting the game. I got to make piles real quick. I'm sorry. I suck. But this was the highest level game. I played with three different experts. And the way this played out is that, okay, there's something called going wheels, and that's when a team wins. And I've, I've seen it two different ways because I tried to look up exactly what going wheels is. Either one team wins 10 books, or I've also said – or the way I initially learned it is that one team wins all 13 books. That means that that team went wheels, or, or, uh, I, uh, or like my team, uh, we got wheels, you got 13 books. It was a, it's almost a shutout. It's a fucking blowout, and like that doesn't happen often because you need like a, a pretty good hand and usually an expert player, unless you have like an ungodly hand and like a novice player. But you need like an expert player and a pretty good hand, and that's what happened on this fourth session where Z caught a fucking heater of a hand. She had a shitload of spades, aces, kings, queens, and she knew exa- And she had the technical knowledge to be able to know exactly how to do it. Also, listen to this. As she was playing this game, she was eating fried rice and also a salad with ranch dressing at the same fucking time. I couldn't believe it. Meanwhile, I got my 13 cards dealt. I know I'm sitting with three experts, and I'm like, here we go. Now, I'm going to play my cards. And I I don't even really remember what hand I had. Obviously, I didn't have a great fucking hand if the other team went wheels on me. So so I'm fucking sitting there. And so Z would play a card, and it was ace of diamonds or something like that, and she and she could do the thing where she kept a live count too. That's how high level she was she was as a player. And she had a heater, and she had fried rice and a salad ranch dressing. So she would play a card. The three of us would then play a card that the other team would win the book and she would in between take a bite of fried rice or fucking salad with ranch dressing. I'm telling you, I'm telling you the ranch dressing detail, fuck me up because it's like when I eat a salad with dressing, I really got to pay attention. And I don't think I'm a novice salad eater. So to see somebody beat the shit out of a spades game, go wheels. I don't know if she won 10 or maybe 12 or 13. I think we got one. But she got, like, 12 or three. It was, like, referred to as, like, oh, they want wheels. While eating a salad with dressing was, like, the craziest shit. Because this was the highest level I was at that point in time. And I was just like, oh, my God. I am nowhere near good. Why would you ever think that you... But it's still, it was still a fun experience, dude. Watching her eat fucking salad with dressing, it reminded me... Okay, so when I first... Like, I was, like, uh, maybe a year, maybe a year or two in trying to do stand-up, right? So, I made a thing where, like, I would go and see, like, a, a fucking high-level, top-notch national headliner every six months. I wanted to do that because I wanted to see, like, an expert fucking operate. Like, I remember I went and saw Burr at the Stress Factory, and it was the, it was the hour where he had the bit about getting a gun, getting a shotgun, and uh, and he had a bit about Shane Mosley's wife. I don't really remember the – I was watching him just fucking murder that whole time in the Stress Factory with that low ceiling – I remember how he opened up with crowd work, he had notes, and I was so new, like, I didn't even really understand what I was looking at, but I still wanted to go see high-level headliners do it, and just, just to fucking look at how, just look at how it can be done, and then I remember I went to Uncle Vinny's, which is a club in, in Brick, New Jersey, and I saw Bobby Kelly, and, dude, this is, this, it reminded me, like, when Z, was fucking, just fucking crushing, and eating salad and fried rice in between, and she was keeping the live count while doing that, and she would alternate, too, she would eat a scoop of rice, then let's get some lettuce in here, back to a scoop of rice, just stacking the fucking books up, meanwhile, I'm over here trying to, like, keep my cards, but it reminded me of when I saw Bobby Kelly at Uncle Vinny's, because I was so new, I, I, but again, I was just trying to see, like, expert level headliners, and just see it be done, like, what, what's it look like, you know, and I remember, it must have been like i don't know it was years ago it was fucking like 7 years ago but i remember seeing uh, i don't know when it was in a set it was somewhere in the first 15 minutes of a set he fucking grabbed a full chicken tender off a woman's plate in the front row while he was killing like middle of a bit while killing grabs a chicken tender and just takes a bite, at, bite out of it he just he just eats part of this lady's fucking meal and keeps it in his hand he was still tell he was still doing a bit while he has a chicken finger and the other fucking... And he ate the whole chick. Killing. Just fucking killing. And I remember seeing that at Uncle Vinny's. And just being like... And it was the same feeling as when I was watching Z eat fucking salad and just mopped up the fucking floor with this heater of a hand. It was that level of like, Jesus Christ. How do I even... I, I can't even like... learn. This is like... Beyond me to the point where I'm just going to sit back and kind of be confused. Like, I couldn't, I remember seeing, I remember seeing him eat that chicken finger and being like, well, I can't even like, I, how, how would I even write that down? Like, I can't, I'm just going to look at it. That's it. I'm going to remember that definitely. But like, I can't write, I, there's no point. I can't even learn from that at this point in time. It's just like a bizarre thing. I can't even believe that's he, and he was fucking killing, dude. He was crushing. But that's what it reminded me of. And that was the last spade session I played. That's the last, that's the last session I, uh, like last, like high level session where like I, I had like an experience, like we played a couple other games and stuff, but that's the pyramid of how I learned, how I learned spades a little bit. Now I'm still not an expert. I still can't really sort my hand correctly. And I'm like, I'm clunky, but it's a really fun game to play. And it was such a fucking privilege to learn from those like three or four different experts who decided to take their time to answer my questions and get, try to get me up to speed, dude. And then I, I went and found out about the game and like, yeah, it became popular in world war two amongst enlisted GIs. Holy fuck. What? A, like, it was just fun. It was just a really fun experience of learning, man. Plus that lady coughing in that guy's face <laughs> and that shitty carpenter. I don't know. I really enjoyed my time off sometime. I mean, parts of it weren't so fun. Uh, but I mean, overall, I really, I really appreciate being able to take a couple of weeks off, get, you know, make some new goals, you know, set some new patterns. I'm probably going to get a dog. I don't know if I said that or not. I had a, I had a Roddy puppy on hold, but then that, that kind of fell through. It was a little pricey and also like the guy was calling me too much, but I'm definitely going to get a puppy at some point in time. I'm going to get a dog. I don't know, Probably a female dog. If you have like dog advice, I don't know shit about dogs. I don't want a pit bull and I don't think I can get a rotty because like I have like young kids and I don't have a problem with the breed. I'm not saying those breeds are aggressive, but just as far as like, just in case, what What are we gonna go with? You know? Go ahead and fucking throw me a message on like what kind of dog do you have? What kind of dog do you think you should get? Like my body has like a dog that's more or less a fucking polar bear. It's like a nine hundred pound. I don't even know what kind of dog that is. That's too big. I do not need some sort of giant Beethoven dog, but I also don't want like a cockapoo. So I don't know. If you got dog advice, let me know. If you play Spades in the Philadelphia area, let me know. I don't have a partner, but if you have like a casual game, also if it's a high level spades game, miss me with that shit because i am not good enough to sit right now i'm good enough to watch i'm good enough to hang out and talk shit if you had like a kids game going next to it i am in no way good enough to fucking sit at a high level spades game right now that's the one thing i did learn from all this is that like yeah this game's fun as fuck but there are levels to this shit and i am nowhere near being able to sit at a high level game but i'll come watch it dude it's it's the most i don't know it was just a really fun thing to learn and uh I don't know. It's a great game. I don't know. It was a, I, felt really, uh, I felt really lucky to have to be able to learn it the way I did and, uh, and be able to utilize the time off like that. So, this is a first field research thing. Again, if you weren't the cards and you just got and you totally tuned out on this episode, sorry. But uh, we'll be back next week. I'm probably going to do an animal one next week. And then uh, this Wednesday, I'll be uh, a Patreon, probably like an Australian dude that we're going to cover there. I'm going to uh, promise you one and one. And the week's moving forward, summer's over, and I'm just going to put, like, just that level of, like, gonna be a public and a a Patreon. And in doing that, like, if I want to do a third one or I find another topic or anything like that, I'd rather have the bar set low to be able to put content on top of that than to have some sort of deadline of, like, oh, you got to do X amount or whatever. You know, that's just going to be moving forward. So I'm not saying Broken Zoltar is dead. Maybe I'll do some shorties and string them together if there's anything like that. That's another thing I did. I listen to, like, older episodes where it's like, yo, I listened to that Princess Diana episode. Dude, I was just fucking around. Did I put a robot voice in that one? Fuck it. Like, I might... we're, I'm gonna try to have fun with this shit moving forward, dude. It's gonna get cold. Fuck this shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to have as fun, m- m- much fun as possible. I'm not saying robot voice again because I can't run the same play twice, dude. You do it once, you do it once. But, like, as far as, like, open format goes, like, when I did the Macbeth one on Patreon, that was sort of a test of, like, can I... Can I understand old English one time through? Can I lay down and listen to this for three hours and guess what the story is? And then I check it. Just fun shit like that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to open the format up a little bit. I might do an interview or something like that. I don't know. But either way, we're going to be cruising in the fall together. And I really appreciate you guys listening to the show. Uh, I'll talk to you later on. If you're on Patreon, I'll talk to you on Wednesday. If not, I'll see you next Monday. All right, guys. I hope everybody had a great Labor, labor Day. And uh, I hope everybody's being safe. I'll see you.